topic. Uh, some things that I've learned from a pastor in Oklahoma, his name's Craig, and I want to share some of this with you because, uh, and this is a critical month for us to select this, um, and we've placed it here strategically as we talk about friending. Um, if we could look at our lives, I, we could say that getting friendship right can make a great difference in our lives and set us up for a lot of success. But if we get friendships wrong, it can bring us more pain, more destruction, more than we could probably imagine. Listen to how um, Proverbs chapter 13 says this. In verse 20, it says, walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get into trouble. So what it's saying is most of us, I think, could agree that in our lives, when we have seen some areas of success for ourselves, it is probably the result of God using some friends in the right way in our lives. But the same, the opposite of that is also true. The times we get into trouble, we were probably with what we could say would be the wrong friends. That verse says that this, basically. If you are hanging out with someone who's really good with their finances and they handle their finances well, they have it under control, then chances are you're going to learn from them some good things, some good habits about finances. But if you hang out with someone who is concerned with maybe and consumed with living for the weekend and just getting to Friday night, then chances are that person's going to have influence on you. If we could just find a way for us to spend more and more time with someone who is maybe spiritually minded, spiritually focused, maybe someone who's following Jesus, then your life is going to greatly benefit from that. That's what that verse is saying. Like it or not, the truth is we become like the people we run with. And this is not a statement that's just for teenagers. It applies to us as well. Here's what I want you to do. I would like you to list, just for you, this is on your worship guide, not your connection card, because the connection card you turn in. Your worship guide, that's just for you. On the back of it, would you just simply write down, you're not going to say these out loud, but just write down, you may have to hold it close to see it, but just write down the, maybe the names of three of your best friends. You may be sitting by them right now, possibly. Just write down three of your best friends. Write those names down. Let me give you a second to do it. And, and make them maybe possibly outside of your family. Um, and I guess I would well, maybe need to say no imaginary friends. They don't count. Don't tell them it would hurt their feelings. But no imaginary friends. Write those names down. Now let me tell you this. You are the average of your closest friends. In other words, if you put all of those close friends together into one person and kind of average them out, guess what? That is you. We can't help it. That's just what happens. Let me give you an example. If those people you just listed on there were wasted last night, there's a good chance you were too. It's just how it works. In fact, it's been said this, show me your friends and I will show you your future. So I guess for this series, if we're going to talk about friending, let's define what a friend is. So I, I, I don't have uh, this on here because it's a new translation. It's the FBV version of 
Proverbs chapter 17, verse 17. So let me just read it to you. FBV version, Proverbs 17, 17 says this. It defines friendship. A friend is someone you may or may not know well who accepts your friend request on Facebook. This person is born to like and to comment on your post and make you feel good about yourself. And that's the, the new trans, the Facebook version of Proverbs 17, 17. Not very reliable, is it? No, that's why I couldn't find it anywhere to put it on the screen. So let me read you what it really says in a translation. Proverbs 17, 17 says this. Here's our working definition of friendship for this series. A friend is always loyal. A brother is born to help in time of need. That person in your life that you would call to say, that's my friend, that's them. They know you, they know your kids, they know your spouse, they, and you know their, you know their kids. That person, as defined by scripture, should be someone who's following Jesus and making your life better spiritually. They love you enough that if you begin to veer down a dangerous path in life, they love you enough to kick you in the seat of the pants and to redirect you. That's how much they love you. They don't want you to do something stupid. That's how they love you. And what if you had some people like that in your life? What if they were in your life for decades, 10 years, 20 years? Can you imagine how your life would be different? But the sad thing is, studies are saying that that's not happening. Sociologists are reporting this, that the average American has only two close friends. Just 25 years ago, the average American had six close friends. And that could be alarming, but what's more alarming is that 25% of people have no friends. That they, they say, that's, I have no friends. So why are friendships declining? I don't know. There's probably a ton of reasons. Maybe it's increasing working hours. We're having to work more. Maybe it's divorce. As, as divorce happens, then friendships also split and divide. Maybe it's the explosion of social media. I, I, I'm not saying that's bad. You're going to hear me talk a lot today about social media. We're not saying that's bad. We're just acknowledging that social media, Facebook, uh, Twitter, uh, Instagram, these things, they have, they have changed, redefined friendship. Before Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, nobody, nobody was calling up their friends in the morning at the breakfast table and saying, guess what? I just had eggs <laughs> and yogurt. It was so good. Let me come over and see a picture. But not anymore. Now you're posting a picture of your eggs and you're putting it on Facebook, right? Experts are telling us that instead of developing face-to-face -face healthy friendships, here's what they're telling us. They're telling us that we in this society now are becoming obsessed we're becoming obsessed with our image. The image that we are portraying to other people, that's what we're becoming obsessed with. Because with social media, we can control what people see of us. Just post a picture of your child on Facebook that they haven't approved and see what happens. 
we are becoming obsessed with presenting the image that we want to present, controlling our online image so that people see what we want them to see. They think of us what we want them to think of us, and we will write what we want them to read in 140 characters or less, of course. We post a picture of ourselves on Facebook. That's what we do. So we take our cameras, and we get it just right. There we go. Oh, I don't like that angle. I like this angle. And it's going to be a finger. Ha, ah, number one. No, thumbs up. That's better. Yeah. And the light. Oh, I, I, I look wasted. <laughs> I'm going to put it up there anyway. Let's say something about this photo. I'm not wasted. <laughs> and it's there. It's on Facebook. You can go to it and like it now. And I'm waiting. Oh, great. Oh, I have three likes already in 30 seconds. That's pretty good. We're doing good. We're doing good. We can take the perfect picture, and if we don't like it, we'll delete it because we can find the perfect lighting, the perfect angle, everything we want to project the image that we want, and then, and then we can sit around and look at it and wait for people to like it. There's nothing wrong with social media. As you know, I have an account, and I'm on it. We're not saying there's something wrong with social media like that. It's not that. That's not what we're trying to teach you today. But it must be a supplement to friendship, not a replacement for friendship. We can have more followers more than we've ever had. We can have more likes this week than we've ever had on a picture or a post. We can have more Facebook friends than we've ever had, but we can still feel utterly alone. Because social media is just the illusion of intimacy. That alone is just a counterfeit of what God actually intended for our lives. And I know for me, the more I use social media, the more I crave it. The series that we're going to be teaching today and over the next three weeks, they can make some immediate changes in your life, but they can also make some long-term differences. If we'll just apply just a few small steps that we're going to be talking about over the next few weeks. Today, we're going to talk about you. We're going to talk about the friend you need to be. In order to do that, each week we're going to be kind of using this, the life of David as a springboard. And here is just a snapshot of the life of David that I want to present to you, and then we're going to jump into what we can learn from this. So here is this snapshot I want to present. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 57. It says, As soon as David returned from killing Goliath, 
Abner brought him to Saul with the Philistine's head still in his hand. That was a fresh kill. <laughs> that was a sight, I bet, imagine. Verse 58, tell me about your father, young man, Saul said. Now Saul was the first and now only king of Israel. He, he said, tell me about your father, young man. And David replied, his name is Jesse. We live in Bethlehem. And then this continues. The story continues. Chapter 18, verse 1. After David had finished talking with Saul, the king, he met Jonathan, the king's son. There was an immediate bond of love between them, and they became the best of friends. Sometimes you just, you just click with a friend, right? It just happens, and that, that's what happened for them. From that day on, Saul kept David with him and wouldn't let him return home. Verse 3, and Jonathan made a solemn pact with David because he loved him as he loved himself. So they become best of friends. They make a pact, and to kind of seal this friendship pact, here's what happens in verse 4. Jonathan sealed the pact by taking off his robe and giving it to David together with his tunic, sword, bow, and belt. In other words, he was saying, listen, you are so close to me. You're, you're my best friend. So what's mine is yours. You're a part of my family now. What's mine is yours. And, and so that's how, that's how close we are. That's the kind of friendship we have. And so these guys, David didn't get to go home. So Jonathan and David were together a lot. It was the king's son and it was David. They were about the same age. And they didn't have Facebook, so if David did get to go home and visit, if, if he was away, he, he didn't get to say, hey, Facebook me. That wasn't an option. He couldn't say, hey, text me, even though I just held it up to my ear. Text me on a rotary phone, please. Send me a text. He, they couldn't do that. But they, they probably did have pigeons, carrier pigeons. I, but that was slow. David pigeon-legged me. Didn't work that way. The thing that we want to understand this morning from the life of David and Jonathan is just a very simple thing. We need to be present in a friendship. Really there. Not just Facebooking them, not just texting them, but physically present. Physically there. Our bottom line this morning, we're going to say it several times. Here's the first. Life-changing friendships develop face-to-face -face rather than thumb-to-thumb. -thumb. And we desire for you by the end of this morning to say along with us this, I will develop my friendships face-to-face, -face, not thumb-to-thumb. -thumb. Jesus didn't say to his, to his uh, followers, he didn't say, hey, listen, here's a book. I want you to read it. It's all about me. Here, just take this and read it. I wrote some things down for you. Read this. He didn't send them a text. He didn't hand them a text or an email or a letter. Jesus looked at them and he said, follow me. We need to be present. How many times do we go to a restaurant? And we look across the table, and this is what we see. All four people. And they may be texting each other. I don't know, but they're all. We have forgotten how to be present. Being present is not just being there physically. 
physically in their presence. Being present means being connected there emotionally, engaged. The writer of Hebrews had no idea how important this verse would be in 2015. But it's vital. The Holy Spirit knew how important it would be. And listen to what the Holy Spirit led this writer to write. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 24. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. When was the last time you were with your friends and you said, Hey, what can we do tonight to show someone in this town that we love them? Or, hey, let's go to Walmart and let's show God's love to somebody, some people who are coming out of Walmart. No. The, when was the last time? It hasn't happened probably, has it? The writer of Hebrews understood something that we don't understand today. And that is friends, God-following, Christ-following friends motivate each other to acts of love and good works. And then he goes on to say this in verse 25, and let us not neglect our meeting together. Literally, these people, these disciples would meet together physically, be present together for a spiritual purpose. Let us not neglect our meeting together, he said, as some people do, but encourage one another especially now that the day is the day of his return is drawing near there is power in presence some of you know my story or part of my story have heard parts of it four years ago when my wife left and she said I don't want to be the wife of a pastor any longer minutes later after I discovered that that had happened minutes later I turned around and my friends were there they were there sitting in my living room with me there were no words that could be spoken to make me not hurt there were no words that could be said to make me feel better there was nothing that could be done or said to take the pain away nothing but they were there they weren't on their cell phones they were there present with me there they weren't a bump on a log they were emotionally present in that moment and there is power in presence at the end of our lives we are not going to care how many likes we got on Instagram or Facebook maybe just maybe we need to start putting our phones down at lunch and be present with our friends and present with our family. Now for us to be present, we also need to learn to be open. 
Do you realize there are tons of people today who are afraid to answer their phone and to talk on it? Tons of people. Because they can't control what happens on that conversation on the other end. If we're Facebooking, if we're Instagramming, even if we're texting, there's somewhat, we somewhat have some control over what's happening. But if we're on the phone talking, we don't have control over that. We don't know what they're going to ask us. We don't know what they're going to say. If we're texting, we can at least push it to the side and not deal with it. But if we're talking to them on the phone, we don't know what's going to happen. But it is going to take us learning to be present and open with someone if we're going to have the kind of friendships that God wants us to have. Listen to this picture of what it means to be open. It's in James chapter 5, verse 16. It says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you can be healed. Someone who's following Jesus, someone who's a Christ follower in your life, that's your friend, that person needs to know everything. We have forgotten how to be present. And we've forgotten how to be open. Because we are so busy controlling our image and what people see and what they think of us via Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. We've forgotten how to be open. We impress people with our strengths, but we will in our lives connect with people through our weaknesses. Sometimes we do find a way to share our weaknesses on social media, but we've lost the art of how to share our weaknesses face to face. To find someone in our life who's a Christ follower that we can say, here is what I'm struggling with. This is what I'm being tempted with. This is what I have been thinking about and I can't stop. Here's what's going on in my marriage. This is what has me afraid. It takes courage to acknowledge that we have some weaknesses. That what we are doing is not working. God desires more for our lives than what we are experiencing currently online. And again, I'm not saying that social media is wrong. I'm just saying it can only be a supplement. It is not a replacement for friendship. Life-changing relationships, life-changing friendships develop face-to-face rather than thumb-to-thumb. Frequently on Sunday mornings, I try to be transparent with you. I try to let you know some of my fears, some of my weaknesses, some of my failures. My hope is that you will learn to share some of your weaknesses, fears, and failures with another Christ follower. Life-changing friendships develop face-to-face rather than thumb-to-thumb. So this morning, our hope is this, 
that you would agree. That you would agree that Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, social media is only a supplement to relationships. It is not a replacement for relationship. That life-changing friendships develop face-to-face where we are present, emotionally engaged, and open with another Christ follower. And then they have the opportunity to encourage us, to give us godly wisdom, to even pray with us. And this morning, if you would agree with me, here's what's getting ready to happen. I'm going to lead us in a prayer in just a moment. We're going to bow our heads. After we pray, we're going to sing another worship song. And then we'll be done. But I'm just going to ask you, would you go ahead and just bow your hearts, bow your heads right now. And this morning, would you take a next step with us that says this. Would you say, yes, Harley, I do want more. I I want to learn to invest in others. And I want to learn to allow them to invest in me. Will you say this? I will be present. I'll learn to be present. I'll learn to be open with a Christ follower. If you will say that with me, would you just lift your hands? With your heads bowed, just say, yeah, that's me, I'll do that. I want to learn to be present in a Christ-following relationship. I want to learn to be open. I'll do that. Put your hands down. Now do this. Would you circle the letter A on your connection card on the back side where it says next steps? Would you just circle that and say, yep, that's me. That's me. I want to pray for you. God, thank you for those who want to reflect you in relationship. God, I pray that you would help us to connect with the right people this week. God, we are potentially one friend away from changing the course of our destiny. And God, we may be one friend away from changing the course of someone else's destiny. God, like your word says, that iron can sharpen iron. Would you help us to do that in the lives of our friends? Because when iron sharpens iron, God, it is you making us more like your son. God, give us a heart to share your love and a desire to not settle for counterfeit relationships. God, would you use social media and the good that can come from it as a supplement But God, don't let us use it as a replacement. God, give us the desire to know others. Give us the desire to be known by others and to serve you faithfully in this community, in this world. Now, friends, as your hearts are still bowed, I just want to ask you this. Some of us this morning... We feel the need to connect to others, but we have not yet connected ourselves to Jesus. 
and Jesus desires to be your friend forever. And he did that by dying on the cross for us because we have blown it. If you're like me and you are, the Bible says you are, we have made wrong decisions. We have thought wrong thoughts. We have failed God's standard. But he loves us so much that he wants to be our friend forever. So he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for us and to pay the price so that we can connect with God the Father. And this morning, if you realize you need to connect with him sincerely, if you understand your need to do that, then this morning you can just simply say in your heart to him, God, I need you. I have failed. And you sent Jesus to die for me so that we can be friends. Thank you for dying for me. And now I give you this life. It belongs to you because you bought it on the cross. If you just prayed that prayer with me in your heart, you didn't even have to say it out loud. If you just prayed it in your heart with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, would you just raise your hand and say, that was me. I just prayed that prayer. Now put your hands down. If for the very first time, if this was your first time to pray that prayer sincerely, would you just simply mark that card before you turn it in in just a moment, just on the back under the next steps, it says, for the first time, I'm really choosing to follow Christ, to become a Christ follower. Let's close in prayer. God, your word tells us that when one person, one soul comes to you and gives you their life because of what you did for us on the cross, that the angels in heaven celebrate. And God, we're so thankful that you care for each one of us. You died for us personally. And now may we live for you daily. God, we offer you our lives. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Mm -hmm.